I had a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. What did you see? I saw none. Welcome back to the Haddonfield Horrors Podcast, where we review horror movies and horror franchises. I'm Mark. I'm Tawan. And today we're reviewing The Nun, released in 2018, directed by Corin Hardy and screenplay by Gary Doberman. Tuan, can you give the people the plot summary? When a young nun at a cloistered abbey in Romania takes her own life, a priest with a hunted past and a novice on the threshold of her final vows are sent by the Vatican to investigate. Together, they uncover the order's unholy secret, risking not only their lives, but their faith and their very souls. They confront a malevolent force in the form of the same demonic nun that first terrorized audiences in The Conjuring 2, as the Abbey becomes a horrific battleground between the living and the damned. All right, so The Nun. Um, like many other movies in this, in this franchise, this is my first time watching it, and... Even for a movie that's called The Nun, I should have expected to have a hugely religious overtones. But the overtones that were there weren't even... I don't know how to say it. It just... This movie tried to give us something. Because if I'm... I don't know if I'm right, but this is like the, pre, like the, like the prequel to the entire franchise, right? Yeah. So, like, if I'm watching them in chronological order based off the timeline of the movies, like, we would start with with the nun. Yeah, it would be the nun, and then, um, well, I don't know Annabelle when the Cree- nun two takes place, but I'm assuming uh, what, probably the maybe the nun, the nun two, then Annabelle creation. Okay, but just like. <sighs> I feel like for for an an origin movie to to valid, I just felt like something was missing for me. Like for me, there are parts that are missing. The story wasn't really connecting for me. I just I, I don't know. What what about you? What do you think? What are your thoughts on this movie overall? After like you know relooking into it, it was pretty. It was boring, honestly, and. <laughs> I didn't even have the a good first time seeing this movie because when I saw it the first time in theaters, someone had a baby in the theater and it was crying. So I left the movie early because I was not dealing with that. So <laughs> even seeing this movie the first time, I already was like, I already wasn't even was not having a good time. But rewatching it now. Um, yeah, it was, it was fairly boring, honestly, and which kind of sucked because, you know, our view for The Conjuring 2 was really good, and we liked Valak in The Conjuring 2. Valak was a good, like, villain for the movie. Okay. And, um, yeah, Valak was, like, a, a good villain for the movie, but in Valak's own movie, it was, I don't know, like, it just it just wasn't really kind of hitting the same way. I felt like I was more... Was like, the design different? Or no, was think, it that just me? I think the design was the same. Maybe the makeup, you know, sometimes that, that stuff kind of changes, like, slightly. 
Um, but I think it was the same, you know, it was the same actor and actress and everything. So, um, I'm, like all that, they seem to stay the same, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just not really kind of giving the same, like, energy. I felt like a more scared about, like, in the conjuring in the hands of, like, James Wan than I did in this movie. And I'm not sure why. Cause, like, they were kind of doing the same type of thing. And maybe that was, was it, you know? They didn't really, you know, do a lot of different with kind of what they were going for with Valak. Now, like some of the some of the scenes that Valak was in, the way they went about like certain, you know, stuff with the character, as far as like the um, like certain scares and stuff went, like they were they were fine. But some of it, you know, we had already seen in the Conjuring, um, like the whole, you know, shadow, like walking across the room type of deal and it just it i don't think the payoff was kind of there this time around but also it felt really barren i guess you could say like even though we're in this huge castle and yes we know like what a huge church it kind of just kind of looked like a castle but um and we know like a lot of the nuns aren't really there anymore and like some of them been dying and stuff but it felt like very like Baron, we really just had the like main three of um, the the father Burke, Frenchie, and sister Irene, and I don't know. I felt like there should have been more people involved, which it just felt a little. It just felt like a little barren considering the location. I feel like there should have been more, like. There should have been more victims. Like, this is the first time we're really seeing people die in the Conjuring verse. Mm-hmm. When you get that many deaths. And I feel like to, for this to, to be the chronological kickoff point for this franchise and, uh, and for it to, and like, for the Catholic Church to have a reason to send someone there to investigate there should have been more like I yeah. say the I say the first 20 minutes should have been you know we're watching Dalek terrorize more than just two nuns like that the part with the nuns when they die that should I, I would have liked it, that part to be expanded for like 15 or 20 minutes you know let's see it not just mess with the nuns but also probably mess with you know uh, 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 some other priests or some, some deacons or, you know, some kids who are doing Bible study. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like that part should have been fleshed out. And then when, it, and then when we got to other parts where you say it felt barren, then that would have been earned. It's barren because we spent 20 minutes watching these characters be picked off and now, now there's no one here. Yeah. Does that make any sense? <laughs> No, 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 I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I feel like it just, you know, it could have used like a couple more like supplemental people and like, or just cannon fodder, fodder, you know, we, everybody doesn't need to serve a purpose all the time in a movie. They can just be there to, uh, get picked off. <laughs> and which I mean, we had at the beginning, we saw, uh, those two at the beginning who they like start kind of kickstarted the whole story for us, the two nuns that were, um, trying to um i guess absolve the church of valak but 
yeah, just throughout the rest of the movie, I don't know. It just didn't really the rest of the rest of the story, like the whole thing with Father Burke's like character, like his you know background with the incident that he had with Daniel, and then you know Sister Irene's whole deal of her kind of being like a novice nun into all of this. I don't know, like it just didn't really it just didn't really stick with me enough to have me care as much. Uh, but I, I stuck around because, uh, you know, you liked Valak in Conjuring 2, so that was the only reason why I stuck around to even see what was going to happen in here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And and by you saying that, it points out one of the main issues I have with the spinoffs of The Conjuring. It's like the that first Conjuring movie introduced two great Two good villains, two great villains in spirits in theory. And they, they gave us Valak and they gave us Annabelle. And they're like an issue, like, like, and to go into both of their own franchises, both of those sucked. Annabelle was not good. The things we were teased about in that, in that, that little snippet of appearance in Conjuring they weren't lived up to when it was time for her to go to her own, her own French, her own movies. And the mm. same thing with the nun. Like we were teased that Valak was this big bad and we were fucking scared of Valak. But then when it's time for Valak to shine in their own movie, it's disappointing. They made Valak seem like Thanos. Yes. And it's like, come on, you, you can't tease this. And then when it's time for you to follow up, you don't actually follow the fuck up like I, I don't know it's just I expected more and I wanted more but were there any scenes that stick out for you scenes, scenes or jump scares or the, the minor kills that we have uh, because for me I would say the only the only scene that had any that really stood out for me were was those last scenes with Morris when we find the, the upside down cross on the back of his neck and when we're watching a similar, like the little lecture slides mm. and we find out that, that, that Malik actually possessed Morris. Like that scene where the snake goes into Morris's mouth, like that fucking took me out. But then also yeah. that whole like flashback reel of Morris and Ed and Lorraine, that was good. That's like one of the main, well, pretty good. much only scenes that stuck out for me. What about you? What scenes got your attention good or bad yeah i will agree with that that was a good like way to wrap it around because that was kind of one of those that's like one of those things that i forgot about that they were even doing in the first movie the whole like lecture and stuff so to wrap it back to that being him and you know they did a good job of definitely connecting the story like fully and then now we know how, you know, Lorraine even, like, Valak even knew about Lorraine and all that type of stuff and what, like, she saw in that moment. So I thought that was, like, pretty good. Um, like, that was a pretty good, like, scene, how they wrapped that together. And I, and I guess just spinning off like that slightly, like, they they do that part good with their universe, like, how they attach these like other entities into the old, like into the other movies. That's one thing I can say they do pretty good as far as the Conjuring universe is concerned. It's really just <laughs> some of the separate movies themselves that aren't really that 
good sometimes, but the way they kind of weave everything together into like connecting it into being like one cohesive kind of universe, um, that's pretty, I think that's pretty, the way they go about it is pretty good for that. But getting back on topic, um, one scene that I definitely did like in this movie was when uh, Frenchie, when he had his shotgun and he was trying to look for Sister Irene and he walked into the room with all the um, like nuns with their heads covered in like bags. I thought that was a really good scene. I don't know why like scenes like that when they're like everybody is just like, you know, it's like a whole bunch of people or like entities in one room and you don't know what they're going to do and like our like whoever's the character main character at that moment has to like walk through them you kind of mentioned that when there was like a similar scene uh in the insidious franchise yeah i like that and i I remember and they also did them like um in silent hill with like the nurses I like uh, like scenes like that. Whenever they do that, that's always kind of cool to me. Um, it, it I don't know. It amps up like attention <clears throat> like immediately because it's like oh shit, like what's about to happen. So I thought that was a really good scene. Um, aside from that one, uh, there was another pretty good one. I think it was the scene when the when Father Burke, yeah, when he was buried and like the spirit was trying to get him after the uh like like once Irene was trying to like get him out of there. That was like a pretty good one as well. Um but besides those two um not that I like see like like many of the other scenes that were like kind of unfavorable in this movie. I just uh they just didn't really stick out as much. It felt a little more uh, cookie cutter in a sense like how I mentioned earlier the whole thing where they kind of copied that bit from The Conjuring 2 when Valak was um, walking the sh- when Valak's shadow was like walking past the room and into like the mirror I mean the, it was the painting in The Conjuring but it was the mirror this time around and then but she just like was inside the mirror or something like I don't know like it just kind of felt derivative of The Conjuring 2 a bit in that sense, like, I don't know, give us something else. Uh, a lot more possession, though, of, like, other people and stuff in this, though, I will say. Like, there were a lot more, like, scenes of, like, either, like, other people being possessed or, like, seeing, like, a lot of fake spirits and stuff like that. I would say compared to the other ones, I, I felt like there was a lot more of that going around. But, uh... Yeah, overall, those probably were my two ones that I liked. Everything else was kind of a little bit eh. Yeah, I get you. But again, the only really thing that stuck out for me... Well, I, that, the opening scene where the nun kills herself, that, that, that was also like... That also grabbed my attention because if you know anything about Catholicism, if you know anything about religion in general, you know, suicide is... is, is a big no-no. So, like, her taking that sacrifice to, to save everyone else in the church or try to, like, that was a big standout scene for me. But, like, mm-hmm. like you said, everything else just kind of just felt like paint by, paint by the numbers. Like, we have to get to this part. We have to, we have to get to this part. We have to do this. We have to do that. But, this is just me and you. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of changing. So, the characters. 
there are a lot of there are a lot of characters that want enough characters. So let's just talk about them in general. And I have to say uh, that the priest, Father Burke, yes, Father Burke. Like I, I could have done without him. If I'm being honest, is that is that, is that a hot take? Is that a controversial opinion? Honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have abstained from that. <laughs> um, I felt more like I, I feel like I get why he's there because I because you know the order of how I guess you know things are with the whole, with the church and everything. I get why he's there, but um, his whole like side plot with the whole Daniel thing didn't really care for it. Um was more interested in whatever sister Irene was going to end up doing in the movie just because, um, you know, a novice, like, I don't know, like, uh, even like, even though it's kind of a simple story, but the whole thing of like a newer nun getting called to assist a, a, um, a priest with basically trying to, um, exercise a whole church when you have like none actual nuns still there who can't do it. Like, I don't know. That sounds more interesting than, you know, just Father Berg being called to the church to figure out what's going on here. Uh, but I don't know. He just didn't really, uh, he didn't really add as much for me. But I wasn't, but considering the amount of characters that we do have, he was, I guess he was fine for the purpose that he did serve there. Yeah, it's like, we, we need it. We need, they need to like pad out the characters. So I, I, I kind of get that. But since you brought up Sister Irene, the casting of that character upsets me. Because they're not related? Yes, like you have yeah. Vera Farmiga, and you look at these two actresses. You're you right. could not, you could not know. I watched American Horror Story not knowing that girl's last, that woman's last name. But every time I saw an episode that first season, I kept on saying, "Why does she look familiar? Why does she look familiar?" <laughs> and then when I watched, when I watched, I, my main reason I wanted to watch The Conjuring Two was for for Vera. Like that's the whole reason I. Like I, I, I love Vera Farmiga. I've seen her in most of her like her comedy stuff, her her, her, her serious stuff. So then I finally saw the Conjuring too. I'm just like, damn, they they look alike. They look alike, which forced me to go home and get on Google. And my like, damn, they related. They sisters. It all makes sense. These two look alike. You have the perfect opportunity to try to connect it, and they both clairvoyant. So why aren't they related? They have similar powers. That would have been. That's how you would have done it. Like, yes, like it's it could have been explained away. Like, I know we're trying to say once y'all did the spinoff movies, y'all veered far away from Ed and Lorraine's true story. Mm-hmm. So why not put a little spice on it? You know, why not you know do a little little twisty twisty here? I, know, I feel like this. Once you cast a Farmiga, you should have worked around that. But that's just me. But overall, like, again, seeing Sister Irene be there, you know, she's a new nun. She's barely had any experience, and she's the one they sent to assist him. That's where the movie was at. That's, that's the movie that we should have had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
And you know, it, it reminds me of the plot of the show Evil on Paramount Plus. How we have this 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 experienced priest who's going out to fight um, demons and evil spirits, and we have this this new person to to faith or to whatever teaming along. Like it's, I don't know. I just feel like I wanted to know more about the character. I needed the character to be more involved, more part of the plot. But what about yeah. you? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I, also, I do. It, it, I guess that's the like sucky ish part of it being based on a real life like couple is that they they didn't they couldn't go through with the whole this being a relation. But I mean, at this point, this all fiction. At this point, like if if um if Lorraine Warren, the real life woman, it was they could ask her if, to, if they was manipulating the shit. I mean, they already manipulating it anyway, but. Like immediately when they casted her, I was like, "Oh my god, is she gonna be related to Lorraine in the movies? Like, is that gonna be like her like great 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 grandmother, grandmother, or some shit like that?" I don't know. I mean, I just I didn't know about you know the real Warren's life like that, so I didn't even know if she had a sister or or you know something not sister like a great great whoever was a nun about all that. So I, I wasn't even like thinking about it as much, but. um I thought definitely thought that was going to be a relation because I like the casting is there. Like we are like I feel like everybody thought that when they when they first uh, announced that she was casted for this role. But um, she gives a good performance and she gives a good performance in this with what she was given. Like she definitely give like gives that energy of like being new here and being fresh and trying to figure this out in the best way that she can while also being new to. Um. Well, one like first kind of not like exorcism, but you know, first kind of like situation that she's been put in as a nun for the church. So I think like as far as all that goes, like she did really good with what she was uh, given here. But um, she was a little she was too exploratory for me, and I feel like that probably comes with her being like clairvoyant a bit. But, um, girl, that castle creepy. That church creepy. Why be walking around it at night with a little candle on a stick and you ain't got no shoes on? <laughs> right? I'm like, girl, you need to stay with everybody else. You need to sit your ass down because it was, it was pissing me off. Like, I'm just like, why, why, why are we doing this? Why are you doing this? Like, like, you're literally here. You're literally here because other nuns were murdered and you're just venturing off and just being, being like, like be fucking for real, sis. Be fucking for real, please. It was killing me the entire time. And I think one um one thing that was funny in the movie was kind of the uh like the whole MacGuffin that they found with the blood of Christ. Like that is some like Marvel movie shit there. Like we need, it's like we need Thor's hammer. We but oh, we need yes. the blood of Christ. And it was like. Come on now, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know, like in the other, in the other, uh, in other Conjurer movies, like the actual Conjurer ones, like they exercised the demon, actually exercised it. <laughs> but in this one, they need the whole blood of Christ, and now I'm like, then how the fuck did Lorraine do that? Lorraine didn't have the blood of Christ. 
And now I want to know what they did in nine two because I haven't seen that yet. So I okay, but also I want to I want to bring up like this movie being set in fifty two brings up an, it's another issue for me. I feel like it should have been set like further back. Yeah, at least it, it at least the early like early nineteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds. It should have not been set twenty years before we meet Ed and Ed and Lorraine. Yeah, and I don't know if if gives the energy as if it should be further back. Maybe it's because of the time period too. Like we're in Romania. Yeah, but- that's what it is. Is the fact that it's set in Romania is given Gothic era. Yeah, it, like it feels like it should definitely like be farther. Like a little farther back, like night, like thirties or forties or something. Like, but the fifties is like it is very close to, you know, where we're getting with the actual like um, Ed and Lorraine. Because I mean, the um, Conjuring Two. Now I'm looking it back up. Was in seventy six. Like that's when it took place. So it's not that far off. <laughs> But also, I guess they're also, I mean, since they aren't related or anything, we don't have to do anything like that timeline-wise as far as, you know, Sister Irene and Lorraine. So, but it, it does feel like it's it it takes place before this just because of the location and everything. It just feels a little more dated because of it. Um, so on on that front i will i will agree for sure but i guess to kind of bring bring back a little bit on um irene's character um i she was she was kind of smart with what she did to you know take out valak at the end now blood blood in your mouth though that is kind of crazy but <laughs> she did what she had to do to get rid of uh, Valak. But I am interested in seeing. I what- mean, blood in your mouth pre eighty four wouldn't have been seen as crazy as it is post eighty four. So <laughs> I, 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 get, I gave her that, you know, pre AIDS crisis, folks were doing all kind of wild, crazy shit. So you know, I gave her some grace. But I have done that in general. Hell no, because that cannot taste good. Like, at all. Mind you, that blood been in there since the Dark Ages. I thought you had more to say. No, Are we done? I'm done. What? What? It's been out since the Dark Ages, and it should have been set in the fucking Dark Ages, because that would have made more sense. Like the you, Imagine a whole bunch of fucking uh, knights <laughs> trying to fight Valak with the sword. I'm just like... <laughs> no, I'm just saying, imagine. <laughs> I, I get you, because like the aesthetic is giving that it should be set in a different time period, and... I just I don't know it just it just missed the mark. But whatever, are there any other characters that stood out for you that you want to talk about? Um, I guess we could mention Frenchie a bit. Um, he was like a sidekick, like side character. Um, he he definitely helped when where needed. And honestly, without him in the last act, 
they definitely would have got taken over because if he didn't come to help Sister Irene um, by using the blood of, blood of um, blood of Christ to like put on her face so Valak could get out her body, uh, she definitely would have got uh, like completely taken over. Especially with Father Burke um, dealing with the whole shit with Daniel haunting him in the church. Okay, now you mentioned Daniel. Regular Daniel, evil Daniel, damn Daniel. Um, <laughs> the Conjuring Universe's obsession with having just this random second or third entity around is annoying. I mean, that's how we got Balak in the first place. Like, why can't we just focus on the main entity? And the Conjuring, we mostly only focused on Billy, which was fucking great. They've been the Conjuring too. Like, why do we always need to have the secondary or like third villain around? I mean, that might just be me, but it's annoying. And I guess that might be another reason why Father Burke's character is a little because eh, I mean, without the whole Daniel thing, he really would not have any other plot to kind of deal with. Because that, that literally putting that, inserting that in the movie gives him a whole different plot line. But some of his scenes wouldn't even be there if that wasn't a part of the plot. Because, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. They cut him. Cut him, cut the whole side plot. Because it was not, it was a, a distraction. But bringing it back to Frenchie. Did we hear the name Morris in the first Conjuring? That I cannot. Because I feel like that's the only reason why he we were he they had him they going might have, They might have like, said it. They might have said it. It was giving like Marvel style, like like like. Yeah, it was giving Marvel style. Like we like we we've heard this character's name before, so. When we say his name is is Morris at the end, it's gonna click to them before mm-hmm. we get to the to the end of the rain scene. And yeah, but it's so like I, not so far gone, but it's like one of those. It, it was so like a my, minute scene in the Conjuring that I feel like mm-hmm. nobody nobody would have picked that up. I feel like nobody picked that up. If you and I feel like somebody said they did, they lying. And I feel like, and I feel like. That's why that scene. That's I feel like that's why they circled back to the Ed and the Rain scene at the end. Yeah, because no one knew they were probably they probably did some test screening and people were like, "Who who, who the fuck is Morris?" And then they were like, "Uh oh, okay, people actually aren't connecting who Morris is." Granted, like when did the first Conjuring come out? Twenty thirteen. The I want to say 2013. I think it might have been before that, though. No? Yeah, it's 2013. Okay, yeah, but so now it's 2018. Like, there's a lot going on. But we don't remember Morris. I'm so sorry. And you've had several movies in between the first one and the second one, and a lot was going on. Like, we wasn't going to remember Morris. Like, I...
know, I just felt like, yeah, he was there. He helped them survive. And them using him to connect it back to Anne-Marie was, was good. I mean, I wish they would have used just Irene to connect it back to Anne-Marie. But I'm also happy that they used more, like Morris, French, whatever the hell you want to call him. And he was kind of cute. So I didn't mind looking at him on screen. I'm sure you didn't. Well, I guess we can talk about Valak. What did you think about Valak this go around? Um, I don't. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna sound like weird, but I don't know. I feel like we need like a we need like power. We need like a power scale chart or something for the entities of the Conjuring. Like Valak is definitely giving like the like. Uh, the most power, um, like probably has the highest power level, <laughs> I guess you could say, compared to like some of the other like entities that we see in the movie, but in these movies, but um, <laughs> I just I feel like they, they Valley could just do a lot, and while we we kind of learn a bit of backstory. Of like where the, where it came from, or like where Valley came from, all that stuff. Um, it also does seem a bit random at times in regards to like what Valley can do. But you know, also like nobody's really caring about how the entity is able to do what they're doing. We just know that they're a demon. We gotta expel them. So, I, so on, on that front, getting just getting back to the. Like meat potatoes of Valak. Valak was, Valak served their purpose in this movie and it worked good for what we needed, which was some scares. Um, the possessions like were there. They definitely increased like that. But, uh, one thing I'll probably say I like about Valak is how, which I think I mentioned this in The Conjuring 2 as well. They can't just like, put a cross up to Valak and Valak is like ah like running away or something like that like when Valak comes in the room the crosses are turned upside down so <laughs> it, I do like that they can't just go to that you know gener- general like horror trope of you know the crosses are going to save you like the religion is about is going to save you like when Valak's in, when Valak's in the room like shit, the, the religion is scared of Valak <laughs> But it also, I guess, kind of brings back up my topic of like, quote unquote, power scaling, because that seems too strong, in my opinion, <laughs> that we have to use the action. But I guess without the MacGuffin of the blood of Christ, we wouldn't have been able to defeat it. So I guess it's kind of needed for the movie purposes, but. It, it seems like a very strong power scale level for an entity. Yeah, I get that. But also, talking about my anything. issue, my issue with Valak is the same issue I have with Annabelle. Is like we were told so much, and the hype was so real. During that, during their their appearances in the Conjuring, in the Conjuring Two, 
and that I felt let down by what we were giving in their their first solo movie, their first star. Like this is this is Valak's movie, and Valak didn't give me what I wanted. Just like Annabelle didn't give me what I wanted. Like this, yeah, the scares were there, the design was there, but did we really learn much about Valak? Not really. And that's my issue. Just like if you're gonna if you're gonna take a character from take a character and spin them off, I need to know more. Like Annabelle Creations needed to be the first Annabelle movie. And, and the blueprint at this point. Yes. Yes, it should have been the first outing. Why are we why is the first Annabelle movie about this couple in their baby? Like that makes no fucking sense to me. It made no sense to me. It made no sense to all none of us. Because all four of us hated it. So, why are we? Why will we get a similar? If you're going to give me a spinoff of this character that we already you already introduced, then just make it an origin. Because what you're going to have to do now is people are going to be like, okay, this was a good movie, but now I'm an origin. And the fucking the nun two ends up being an origin because they didn't do origin this time. I'm gonna be pissed because I want to know about it, about Valak, and you this you had. This was your chance to do it. I might just be nitpicking. I don't know. But this is just me. No, like, no, I, I get what you're coming from. Like, the Annabelle creation, especially since it was before, right before this movie, should have been the blueprint of what we were doing here. And it worked because director had a vision for the movie, and then they, act, and they also executed on giving us an actual origin story behind it but with this movie we it really is a re not like a complete retrace but you know it's it's kind of a retrace of the first annabelle movie where we just get put into someone's story happening at the same time as valak's like rain or the like kind of this whole thing with same thing with Annabelle where this couple story just so happens to happen at the same time as this like whole coat thing and Annabelle is putting in and the demon is put into the Annabelle doll. So it kind of retraces the whole thing, which is why I'm hoping the nun two is better, but seeming, but it looks like it's more of a direct sequel to this. So, um, I'm not holding my breath on that. I haven't seen anything about the Nun Two. I know it's already out. I haven't even seen the trailer. Uh, once, once I knew that we were going to be doing this like retrospective review, I decided not to watch the Nun Two. Just avoid all everything about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to, I'm going to use Annabelle Creations as the blueprint. I'm going to say. That it's probably going to be a good movie. They learn their lessons from that for, from this one, and the not too far be great. But enough about that. Tuan, can you give the people the behind the scenes info and facts? The budget for the Nun was twenty two million, and it brought in the box office of three hundred and sixty six million. Some interesting facts: while the crew was shooting in Romania, the production ran into a minor problem. Filming churches is banned in Romania. Because of this, everything that resembled a church had to be made by the crew from scratch. Um, 
One promo for The Nun that sparked outrage was a seven-second ad that appeared before YouTube videos. Immediately after the ad starts, the soundbar supposedly goes all the way to zero for an unexplained reason, but then Valak pops up accompanied by startling noise. Yo, I remember when that happened. It didn't happen to me, but I remember people were mad about that on social media when that happened. Um... Valak is based on an actual legend mentioned in the ancient book Key of Solomon. The Valak of legend isn't a demonic apparition dressed up as a nun, but a child and the supposed president of hell who rides around on the back of a two-headed dragon. Taisa Farmiga, who plays Sister Irene in the film, is the younger sister of Vera Farmiga, who plays Lorraine Warren in The Conjuring. And with 366 million made at the box office. The Nun surprisingly is the highest grossing chapter in the franchise by so far. Lastly, we have our critics' reactions. Um, the film currently sits at a Rotten Tomato score of 24%. The plugged-in review for the film summarizes the spirituality evident in the film. Evil is real, the movie tells us, but so is God. Spiritual trappings are everywhere. In her review of the film published in a National Catholic Reporter, um, Senior Rose uh, Paquette, a nun belonging to the Daughters of St. Paul, stated that there are two Catholic the theological aspects of this film that are accurate. <clears throat> One is that the devil exists, and the other is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, will show us the way. Another religious sister, Nicole Reich, stated in her review of the film published on Sci-Fi Wire that if Valak was a real demon, he would never be able to reveal himself while, while the sisters were in a perpetual adoration because the Lord was present. Interesting. Not the nuns talk, not the nuns talking about y'all gonna use our religion with this shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, come correct. Okay, but what, enough about them. What about us, Swan? Do we cash or pass the nun to Swan? Yeah, I I will be passing on the nun too. Um, I, I I really didn't. This movie didn't really leave an impact on me when I saw it the first time. Um, well, I would say the second time since the first time was interrupted. But <laughs> when I saw when I did eventually watch the whole thing, yeah, it didn't really leave an impact on me and. It's this kind of another one of those cases where if we weren't doing it for the podcast, I probably would not have went back to rewatch this one because it just wasn't it just wasn't really one that stuck out to me like, you know, Annabelle Creation did or like The Conjuring 2. I like the character of Valak, but I like Valak in The Conjuring 2 more than I like Valak in The Nun. And for me, it's also going to be a pass. Like I've already said several times, um... I expected this movie to be something different based off the introduction we got, got about like in The Conjuring and it didn't live up nor did it come close to my expectations. Uh, this is just, I don't, I don't know. Like, they don't get their, their spinoffs off to a good start. I, I, don't, I don't understand why they're missing the mark on that. So this is going to be a pass for me also. Wah, wah. <laughs> and with that we are now at the end but join us next week join all of us next week as we all get back together to review the curse of la laronia should be good now this is another favorite of mine and somehow i watched this but before i watched 
<laughs> the car. I saw La Llorona before I saw Annabelle's or favorite. That's crazy. I've only seen it like twice. So maybe on this third watch, I might change my opinion of it. But you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. So, but join us next week as we review The Curse of La Llorona. Good night. Good night. <laughs> if you like this episode, please check out the Haddonfield Horror Podcast from big series like Friday the 13th, Halloween, and Saw, or our one-off reviews like The Blackening and Hereditary. You can follow Haddonfield Horrors on Instagram and TikTok where the host posts updates and mini-reviews. Full episodes are available on several podcasting platforms and YouTube. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. The Haddonfield Horror Podcast is produced by Mark Smart, Maria Perez, Juan Griffin, and Elian Cordova. Themed by Lethal Injection and edited by Mark Smart. The Haddonfield Horrors Podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?